Welcome to episode 94 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we are reading the epilogue of Homecoming, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there are three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email, you can hit me up on Twitter, or you can hit me up on Mastodon in the Fediverse. Very exciting. But most importantly, while you're at jeffreadshisbook.com, you're going to want to buy a copy of a prequel to this book. That's right, folks. You can purchase Bringing Balance. You can purchase Offworlder. I got to make sure I get that one right. I always get the title of that book wrong. I should never have named it that. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you got to do while you're over there. Especially since this podcast is going to be done for a little bit because... We're reading an epilogue today, folks. So last week we read chapter 46. That was the last full chapter of this book. Uh, And uh, today we're just going to wrap a few loose ends up, I guess, huh? Um, I don't know what else there is to say. Obviously, National Novel Writing Month is over. I'm just hanging around now. It's so nice to not be writing a book. Uh, But that's all. Yeah, yeah, having some fun uh, as best I can while staying home the entire time. Which actually doesn't bother me. I don't know about you people, but this is great. Uh, I think it borrows bar. I think it bothers the lovely Laura a little more because she's used to working in an office, whereas I can't stand that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, not too much to talk about today. Let's just start talking about this epilogue we're reading today. It is 127 lines. Who the hell knew that? I thought it was going to be like 30. <laughs> I came down here. Uh, into the basement studio with the uh, live studio audience, right? And um, yeah, yeah, you guys can cheer. That's fine. Yeah, did you hear that? No. Okay. And uh, we're gonna just power through this epilogue. I thought I was gonna be done ten, five, ten minutes. One hundred twenty-seven goddamn lines. This is pretty long for this book, actually. But uh, we'll see what happens, huh? Uh, it's a very Margot-centric end of the book here, uh, not in a bad way or anything, but it is. And uh, I think we're going to see if it leaves open any room for, like, a sequel. Ooh, I don't think there's going to be a sequel. I'm getting a little tired of this. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, I mean, that pretty much sums up what we're talking about today. I know this is a quick intro, but I see no reason not to just dive in to the epilogue. So, for today's episode, uh, I am finishing up some old jug, right? Tub. Old Tub. God damn it! Old Tub Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, Very little left in the bottle at this point. I gotta make a liquor store run. Probably should have done it last week, but I didn't. Um, We also have had, like, some... uh, What is it? Uh, Bombay Bombay Sapphire uh, Gin in the cabinet lately. Laura wanted to try that as, like, a little kind of a cocktail. Or even just straight at home. And uh, she also... What did we have a... A foghorn. We made a foghorn with it, which is ginger ale and gin. But uh, very good gin. So I was usually buying like Tangeray, and I could not drink that by itself. But uh, the the Bombay Sapphire is woo spectacular. I might have to buy that for myself too. You know, instead of just what barreling through the one bottle we have. But anyway, 
Uh, bourbon's still my main squeeze, and uh, we're going to finish up this old tub, right? Because Laura calls it bathtub whiskey, right? But um, we're going to finish up the old tub, and then we're going to go out and buy something else. Probably not old tub. I think it just does not agree with my innards. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Though it is very good. Mm. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> boop, boop. Sorry, sorry. We're reading. Give me a second. Margot sat on the stone wall in front of her house, bundled warmly against the cold winter breeze. Birds, just like real life, huh? Look at, unless you're in Australia, which I think somebody in Australia bought a copy of this or one of my books, which is bananas. <laughs> Looking down at the geese, she now counted six who had decided to stay for the winter. They all huddled close to each other for warmth and stared at Margot expectantly. She knew they were waiting for her to head back towards the house. Henry had constructed a rudimentary shed for them since they showed no signs of leaving her side since they had returned home. As winter drew close... Does anybody remember the geese at the beginning? I remember the geese at the beginning. The funny thing was, I was going to have them like follow Margot around. We'll get to this later. Doesn't matter. Okay, let's just read the fucking book, huh? As winter drew closer, she had pleaded with them to build the... She had pleaded with him to build the birds something. No, she corrected herself. She mostly just yelled at him until he did. She could see in his eyes, though, that Henry was proud of his little creation and happy that the geese would have somewhere to stay. Ah! The geese themselves seemed to have appreciated the little house as well. While they had been suspiciously indifferent towards Henry, they now seemed closer to polite with him. None of them had hissed since he had billed the house, <laughs> and when Margot told them it was for them, they had gladly waddled up the ramp in and inside. She still found it odd that these birds found her so enthralling. One of them honked into the air, and Margot thought she was trying to talk her into heading inside. Wow. One of them honked into the air, and Margot thought she was trying to talk her into heading inside. We're waiting for Henry, remember? Two others honked at the first as if scolding her. She reached into her pocket and pulled out some bread pieces to throw to them. I thought I was going to say at them. That would have been mean. In a moment, it was gone, and they returned to staring at Margot. Probably pooping where they stand, too. They're fucking geese. <laughs> Looking west along the road, she wondered what was taking Henry so long. She worried about him in the winter, perpetually underestimating the amount of insulation he might need. She hoped he would be home soon for a quiet evening together. Margot had planned a rather elaborate dinner, but she doubted they would actually bother with it before opening some nice wine and losing themselves in each other to each other. Gross! <laughs> wow. So that's implied future sex, huh? Mm. I need a drinking break after this. Yeah. Okay. Um... Who's bored with this? I haven't had anything to say really yet, have I? Oh, who gives a shit? It's the end of the book. Give me a break. Um, one goose honked, and Margot looked down to see them all staring east along the road at a red carriage approaching. What Wasn't that how she was staring? Oh, she was looking west. Okay. The carriage itself looked ornate enough to concern Margot. 
She scowled as it neared. What she didn't want was an adventure. To her immense disappointment, the carriage stopped directly in front of her. The geese huddled in close to her feet, staring at the horses and their giant red cargo suspiciously. She heard more than a few hisses while she waited for what came next. She looked westward again to see if maybe Henry was coming over the hill. A man stepped out of the carriage with a scroll in one hand. He wore a ridiculously over-embellished uniform and, upon seeing her waiting, adjusted his posture. He unrolled a scroll with a flourish. I feel like he's, like, whipping it with his wrist. Do they do? I don't know. Who cares? Are you Lady Margot Lafleur? he asked formally. The title is unnecessary, she clarified. I am Margot Lafleur, yes. Oh, you know what? There's a blank line here. Let's drink. Mm. As a courier of his royal highness, King Stephen in Eliath, I am tasked with delivering you a parcel in the name of his highness. A lot of highness in this, Jesus Christ, the man explained. Margot stared at him with her arms crossed, and the geese continued to surround her. She waited for the man to do something, but it seemed he was waiting for a response. A goose honked loudly towards him and apparently broke the stalemate. Um, yes, let me get that for my lady, he said, and walked back to the carriage door. He returned moments later with a burlap sack and a single letter. He approached timidly, looking down at the geese surrounding her. It's okay, little ones, she said softly. It's okay, little ones, she said softly. That was kind of more sultry gross. All right. (laughs) I think what's gross is I just said my voice was sultry. (laughs) Reaching over them for the sack, they dutifully watched the exchange, and the king's man quickly stepped back once Marco had both in hand. She opened the letter first, finding a note on the king's official letterhead. This is the uh, note, so let me get ready to read this with some booze. Yes. Dearest Margot, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done, but I think you may already know that. Regardless, I thank you again. Aaron sends he love as well, though I understand both of you correspond regularly. King Stephen stinks at writing. (laughs) Astrid seems to have healed fully, and she remains a guest at the palace until such time that she sees fit. She has mentioned coming to see you and Henry soon, and possibly finding a home near you, but Ted is continually arguing against that course of action. Oh, because he has a crush! (laughs) The bag of letters is a gift of sorts to you alone. Since your return, we have received an and, and endless stream, ooh, endless, lot of S's, stream from the north. Those addressed to you remain sealed, but those addressed to myself I opened and read. I think you may wish to read them, too. The letters continue to flow, though, and I'm sure I'll need to send another courier. Please tell Henry I hope he is well. Best wishes, Stephen. Oh, that's a nice letter, right? Margot placed the letter on the wall next to her and opened the sack. It was full of both loose letters and sealed envelopes. She pulled one out, one open letter out, and quickly read it. Dear King Stephen, please return the Lost Lafleur to Twilight Crossing at once. 
She must take the seat of her father. We cannot suffer him or his other offspring a single day more. Her name is Margot, and we've heard her promise to return. Margot dropped the letter back into the sack and fished out another letter. Jeff took a drink of booze. Dear King Stephen, the North needs Margot Lafleur. She is the only one that can correct the injustices here. Please send her at once. The second letter was addressed from Darkford. She opened the sack again and rummaged through the pile of correspondence. She looked up at the courier in surprise. Is everything to my lady's liking? he asked timidly. Um, I suppose it is, she said, confused. Very well, we have business elsewhere, he explained with a bow. He explained, with a bow, he continued, I'll take my leave, my lady. Margot nodded and he climbed into the carriage. She watched the carriage roll westward and noticed Henry walking along the roadside carrying two large bottles. Yeah, gonna get drunk! She closed the sack. I wonder if he's double fisting. Are they open? <laughs> she closed the sack of correspondence and placed it on the wall beside her. Henry walked up to Margot, the geese moving to allow him close. He leaned in, kissed her on the lips, and said, Hello, beautiful. Wow, what a baller. He then stepped back and held up two enormous bottles of wine. Oh, he's probably getting the real cheap shit, huh? Because <laughs> they gonna get drunk. Oh, they had it, Margot said, beaming. <laughs> he nodded, looking proud of himself, and pointed with one bottle at the sack next to her. So what's this all about, he asked. I'll show you later, she said, standing and grabbing the sack and the letter from Stephen. For now, I'd really just like, I'd really like to just take you inside. I think that sounds perfect. I'm freezing, he replied. The pair walked back to the house and closed the door behind them. Margot wasn't going to make dinner tonight. And that ends the epilogue and the whole book, Homecoming. Well, there you have it. We finished another book, right? Uh, what are we on? Um, this was the third book I've read on this fucking podcast, and we're done. That one was a long one, though, huh? It's 46 chapters plus an epilogue. Good God! <laughs> that took the better part of a year to get through, right? We started this in February, I think. And here we are, barely, what, any time left this year. I really thought I was going to trip over into next year, but I guess I might have if I, we had a couple weeks there where I did two chapters a week, but that's they were so short. I mean, it was so pointless to wait a whole week for them, but oh my gosh, I am tired. <laughs> I hope you listeners are too, yeah. So, um, okay. I mean, the epilogue ended with implied sex. That wasn't great, was it? Ugh, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm leaving the readers with, is Margot and Henry going at it inside after they get freaking trashed on two bottles of cheap wine. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're done. Um, I did want to address the geese in this epilogue, though, so... I remember when I wrote the prologue, if you'll remember, the geese were in the prologue. Margot was speaking to geese, they hissed at the freaking guy who came to pick them up, and all that nonsense, right? So, um, there were geese, and I said, this is a fun, like, 
What do I want to say? They they would be fun allies to have show up throughout the book, like geese that follow Margot around on her adventures. Okay, all right, that's kind of neat, I suppose, right? That was going to be fun. I remember writing the book, and I said, oh, I want to wrap this up like the beginning. And I went back and read the prologue, and I'm like, oh my god, I totally forgot about the fucking geese. I was going to have them throughout the book. After, what, chapter one? Never thought of them again. Totally forgot about the geese. Oh, I was so freaking annoyed with myself. (laughs) I thought that'd be a fun recurring theme in the book, but it wasn't. It just wasn't in the book. (laughs) That was such a bummer. So... I guess it's good that we get to see them at the end of the book, sort of, you know, that's fine. Ugh, I was just so annoyed with myself. (laughs) Oh, stupid geese. Yeah. So why don't we just move on to some discussion questions, huh? I'm tired, you're tired. We all got through this fucking book together. So let's wrap this up with some good questions that you guys can write in and answer. Okay, discussion question one. Margot, and apparently now Henry, like geese. Do you like geese? Huh? How about that? Around me, all we have are Canadian geese and shit tons of them because there's a pond near my house. An actual pond, not a freaking water retention basin for the neighborhood. I don't live in a McMansion, people. But uh, there's a pond and it gets freaking just loaded with geese and they shit everywhere. Like on the, there's a path around the pond covered in goose shit constantly. Because, ugh, they're so gross. Yeah. And then, like, in the hot summer, sometimes that goose shit just starts cooking and stink. What I'm trying to say here is I don't like geese. (laughs) They're kind of funny to see from a distance. And I don't mind when they cross the street. That amuses me. I like seeing everybody get mad at them. But other than that, who wants them shitting everywhere, huh? I mean, they just poop constantly. Gross! Yeah, and they get a little pissy if you come near them. Canadian geese, at least. I don't know. Probably most geese, but... Yeah, they're kind of a pain in the ass. I wonder if Margo was dealing with Canadian geese, huh? Huh, I don't know. What do you guys think about geese? Right into the show! JeffReadsHisBook.com! Yeah, not a real, like... Good question, but what are you gonna do? (laughs) Okay, second question. Alright, this is more of a thinking man or woman's question here. Um, but, uh, question two, based on how this ended, and I don't mean the implied sex, uh, do you think there's a sequel in the works, huh? Huh? So, we got a few, like, sequel points, like, Margot's mother's still missing, right? Ooh, scary! Alright, and that's fun, I suppose. Remember how they said in the carriage a lot of loose ends? That was a, uh, garbage writing. <laughs> okay. But uh, we also have all these letters begging for Margot to come back home, you know, and take the throne. What what do you call What does a duke or something sit on? What, what was Margot's father anyway? A duke? Does anybody remember? Was he a Marquis? <laughs> Stupid English people. All right, let's see. <laughs> Uh, just a lord. Okay. I didn't get crazy with the uh, names, apparently, or the titles. My bad. So I guess she's just a lady. Well, will she go home and rule the north with an iron fist? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's room for a sequel, I suppose. Or, like, overthrow her father. Or maybe her brother. Maybe her father gets ill and her brother and sister jockey for position. Ooh, that's exciting, but probably not going to happen. It could be a sequel. What do you think? Uh, I've heard other ideas for a sequel. Uh, one-time guest host Glenn thought um, I should, uh, as a fun activity, I could rewrite 
bringing balance, the first book we read on this podcast, except from the perspective of like a different character, like Frederick or something, like on the wrong side, maybe. That would have been fun. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that either, though. This is exhausting. <laughs> Who can do all these books? Jesus Christ, Stephen King. How are you doing this? That's his job. I haven't made like a freaking ounce of money on this. I've lost more money on server rental and uh, what name like the jeffreadsbook.com domain than I've ever made like selling books. Ugh. Hmm. But that about does it, you know. So let me talk a little bit about what's next. So I did this November finish up a book that we can all listen to, right? Uh, when I start reading it again, uh, I don't know if I'll edit it. I'm very lazy lately with that kind of stuff, but I guess I said. I could try, um, but I'm thinking maybe February again, we just start kicking off the new book. It doesn't have a name yet, so uh, write into the show, jeffreadsthisbook.com, and give me a name for the book. Uh, I have no idea what it should be. Is that a discussion question? I don't think so. So I figure maybe in early February, I can kick off this podcast again, uh, and we'll get through the fourth book. And after that, I don't know what's going to happen. 30 weeks we'll go with that book, and then I guess we'll have to see, people. Don't worry. So we have a whole, we have like a quarter of this book series left to get through, right? So no reason to be concerned that the podcast is ending. I know all my faithful listeners that number in the high single digits are going to be excited to hear this. But uh, right now, I think we're going to take a breather from the podcast. You guys should go out, listen to some other fun podcasts. Uh, nothing serious or anything like that. It should all be nonsense because those are the best kind. Uh, I like to point out to Laura that uh, this podcast, the one I'm doing right now, is exactly the kind of podcast I like to listen to. Just nonsensical garbage and stuff like that. I mean, it's obviously modeled on Dune Reads Goosebumps. You should, guys should always, always listen to that one. It's amazing. But, uh, I mean, I think it's come into its own. It's its own thing. You know what I mean? And it's just, I just like the nonsense stupidity. I know I don't have guests. I think podcasts have to have guests nowadays, right? Or a co-host or, I don't know, whatever. This is pretty low tech, huh? I'm still using the same $40 microphone that I haven't paid for. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, I paid for it, but I haven't, uh, made my money back, whatever. Uh, you guys should all, yeah, send me an email, make sure to remind me to get this thing going. Uh, if you want to send me any correspondence, head over to jeffreadsbook.com right there. You can hit me up on email, jeff at rainbow-100.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Mastodon or in the Fediverse or whatever the fuck you want to call it at jeff at toot, T-O-O-T, dot rainbow dash 100 dot com. Or you can find me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. And that's exciting too. And uh, yeah, hit me up. Remind me to start the podcast again. Maybe in January, remind me to edit this terrible book that I just wrote, which is going to be really bad. This one might be the worst of the bunch. I think it's the worst of the bunch. Yeah, but we're going to get through it. And we're going to read it together, and we're going to laugh and laugh. It's going to be so much fun. But it's going to be a little bit longer break now than one week. So until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.